in the story, the fable, the frog in the kettle, a frog's being slowly boiled alive. The premise is that if a frog is put suddenly into boiling water, it will jump out. But if the frog is put in tepid water, which is then brought to a boil slowly, it will not perceive the danger (laughs) and will be cooked to death. And although we may not feel like we are literally being cooked to death, we also may not realize just how traumatic and broken we have become as a result of the pandemic that we've all been part of for the past year and a half. So we want to take some time during this series and have a family discussion about this. We want to, first of all, acknowledge that we are in a pot of water, so to speak. And then we want to discuss healthy ways to move forward. So I'm glad you've joined us and we're praying that we can all be open-handed to God's redemptive work. Well, we are kicking off a new series, and this is the first week of that, and I'm going to divide the message today into two parts, because I felt like that uh, the first part, really, we should do an introduction of the series as a whole. It's, it's important, I feel, that you know why it is that we are going to be talking about what we're talking about. So now I'm going to tell you what we're talking about here in just a second, Okay. So, so the first part of today is going to be the why of the whole series. And then the second part, we're going to look briefly at Scripture and kick off the first part of the series. So hope that makes sense, all right? So let's start with part one. Uh, and, and this is the why. You know, the pandemic has, has been hard for many of us, most of us, actually. I think if we admitted it, uh, we would say, you know, we've changed over the past year and a half. And for some of us, the change seems mild minor, right? And and we just want to do all we can to just kind of sort of move through to the end of this whenever the end of this is, you know, whatever that looks like. That's some of us. But for some of us, moving forward, it's not been so easy. It's, It's been tough, in fact. There's a part of us that is really different now. Our attitudes, our anxiety levels. Some of us have new feelings of loneliness that we've never had before. There's this fear of catching a virus from another human being, making us at some level hesitant to even be around other people, right? A friend of mine sent me a text uh, a month ago, and I thought it was pretty interesting and relevant, so I'm going to read it. He says, this whole COVID thing is starting to affect me more and more. I realize much of this is the loss of freedom and other things that I can't even put a name on them. Maybe what I miss has no eternal value. Maybe it's not so bad. Maybe we are all in withdrawals. Maybe I'm overthinking this. (laughs) I'm pretty sure my friend's thoughts can be shared by many of us, right? In fact, I think he's not overthinking this at all. I think that we need to talk about this as a family as a community. And so that's what we're going to do for the next six weeks. We're going to have a community discussion on this issue. But I want to be really clear right from the beginning. I'm leading the discussion only because uh, you have given me the privilege as your pastor to take the time to study and to read and to pass along things that God is saying to me and things that I'm learning. But I want you to know we are on level 
playing field here. I'm struggling just like you are. I'm, I'm going through this whole traumatic experience that we call the pandemic just like you are. I'm no different. I experience and, uh, the same things, some of the same things. I ask some of the same questions you're asking, uh, some of the same things that I just read from my friend. Over the past year, I've run, read numerous articles and listened to so many different podcasts of people trying to make some sort of, of meaning of what we're all experiencing. Uh, and, and there's a ton of people out there who are good thinkers who kind of help us with this. There was one podcast that I heard that really seemed to make a lot of sense to me. I mean, it really uh, made sense. It wasn't someone famous, someone I'd ever heard of before. It was a person who is a behavioral psychologist, uh, a Christian woman. Her name is Dr. Lori Andrews. And she says this, and I'm going to paraphrase her because I didn't write all this down. I was just listening from a podcast. But she says this. She says, we are experiencing through the pandemic one low-level trauma after another. Okay? So let me unpack that a little bit. The first trauma is this worldwide pandemic. The borders close. You know, you run out of toilet paper. You, you learn a new way to wash your hands. You wonder if your neighbor or your best friend is going to give you the virus. That's, that's kind of the first trauma. And she calls that a, initially a low-level trauma. But then as you're processing all of this, as you're trying to figure out how to move through this, another one hits. And you're still not over this one, right? And so now we're in a full lockdown and, and, and a worsening of the outbreaks. No clear vaccine is in sight. Freedoms that we had have been taken away from us. People we know get very sick. Some die. The kids are doing school from home. We're doing work from home. <laughs> we're all bouncing off the walls at home together, right? And no summer vacation to give us any sort of respite. And so you're moving through the first one, and then the second one hits, and then she says yeah, there's still a third one that hits while we're still processing these other two. There's a vaccine. But can we trust it? Will it work? Which shot do I get? Can I stop wearing the face mask? Can I trust the government? Which Facebook post do I read? Which do I block? Some people are obnoxious, right? And how do I get along even love this person that really disagree, I disagree with? And so she says, you get yourself to a point where you've got these three low-level traumas which you're trying to recover from. And all of them individually are low-level traumas. But then the combination of them creates kind of an extreme situation in my brain. And we can get accustomed to these low-level traumas and don't even realize that they are heating up when you add them all together. It's kind of like the fable of the frog and the kettle. You remember that fable, that story? There's this frog in this big pot of boiling water. And as the water is heated up, slowly he gets heated up. And he doesn't even realize that pretty soon it will boil and kill him. He just gets so used to it. And I think that's kind of what's happening here. Is we have these three low-level trauma things and they're building up into one bigger piece. And so she goes on to say that there are two things that are needed. One is acknowledge that this is something, right? This, we need to acknowledge that we are in the pot and it's starting to boil. And the second thing is how do you respond in a healthy way? 
Now, I want to say that again because I think it's important, but it's fairly simple. But I want to make sure you catch that. First thing is that we acknowledge that this is something. We're in the pot and it's boiling. And then secondly, we ask, how do we respond in a healthy way? How do we respond in a healthy way? Now, let me just uh, say to those of us who don't quite feel or experience trauma as much. Some of you are thinking, yeah, I think he's making more of this than he probably needs to make of this. And so I want you to hear me because I think this is important. You may not be feeling it, but a lot of us here in the room are. A lot of us online, a lot of those folks out on the lawn are feeling it. And we need your support. We don't need your pity. <laughs> we need you to be family to us. So our teaching team, our leadership team, want to take the next six weeks, and we'll conclude it at our all-church retreat, by the way, and talk about this. This is why we feel like it's important. It needs to be dealt with. We need to acknowledge it, and we need to deal with it in a healthy way. And all the things may feel broken and hard right now. I believe there's an upside to the brokenness, to the trauma, to the hard things we're experiencing. And I sincerely, sincerely believe that God is able to redeem all things for his good. I really do believe that. I hope you do too. And so we've given that as our title for the whole series, The Upside of Brokenness. That's where we get our title from. Now, I just want to do a quick sidebar, okay? So just a little sidebar to kind of ease your mind a little bit. I don't know how all of you think, but I want you to know, I know we're all in different stages and different places of going through this together, okay? And there's not a one-size-that-fits-all solution. I'm not going to, over the next six weeks, we're not going to say, if you do A, B, and C, you will be fixed. That's not what we're going to do. Uh, my wife and I are great examples of this. I'm not as cautious as I should be. Uh, I'm not as sensitive as I need to be to other people, causing me at times to be, uh, let me say it kindly, unwise and take unnecessary risks. Whereas she's very much more cautious than me, not willing to take the risks that sometimes I don't even think twice about. We are both experiencing the same things as much as two people can. Exactly the same things, and yet we both respond in different ways. So I want to be clear, we are all experiencing some of the same things, but there's not a one-size-that-fits-all solution for all of us. So we don't want to be too quick to claim that, okay? So sidebar over, that was my little sidebar. We're not going to just say, everybody, if you all do this one, two, three, you all be, we're not going there, all right? So how do we begin? How do we begin to respond in healthy ways? How do we see the upside of brokenness? And I think there are two key things that uh, God wants to use to speak to us through this. And I think the first one is pretty obvious to those of us who are part of ECC, and that's Scripture. I believe that Scripture can clearly speak to this. But a second thing, I think, is that God can use people and resources uh, to, to speak to us too as well. So Scripture's and some other people that God has given some wisdom to. So over the course of the next six Sundays, and then again at our church retreat, we're going to look at the wisdom that God's given us in Scripture, and we're going to look at the wisdom 
that God's given other people, especially people who are in the mental health uh, field or who have experience or have the perspective for mental health. And as we look at Scripture and see how God addresses this in his word to our trauma, my hope is that we will see the upside of this broken situation that we're in. Okay, I'm excited about this. There's several people joining me. I'm going to do some of these, but there'll be other uh, people joining me. Some of you know Dan Whitehead, who's from Sanctuary Ministries. Dan's going to join us for one of our series. At the retreat, we will have InterVarsity a veteran staff of 35 years, Len Andyshack. He's an author and writer. He lives down in Oregon, and he's going to actually drive up here to be with us for our retreat. So uh, please be looking for that, and uh, we want you to join us on that. And we've also posted all the topics and all the speakers and the things that we're going to cover over the next six weeks on our website, as well as any resources, books that we're using, or podcasts or something like that. So if you want to go to our sermons page, the messages page on our website, and check those things out, you can do that as well. Okay? So that's the introduction. That's part one of today. Uh, let's shift gears just a little bit, and let's go into the remaining time that we have today. I want to talk about this title, The Upside of Brokenness, and, and kind of give you a framework for the next six weeks. Uh, in the book of Romans, Paul, the author, is writing to a group of people he has actually never met. I don't know if you knew that. Paul actually never met the Roman church. He's got several agendas for writing them, several. But one of those is to offer hope to people in a hard, fallen situation. In fact, to the fallenness of the world that we all live in, to the brokenness and the sin. And, it's one, of this, and one of his key messages is this, that God can redeem all things, no matter how broken they are. That's a great message. And we see in this message loud and clear, mostly in chapter 8 of Romans. But before you turn there, I want to kind of give you the context to kind of help you see. We're going to pull one verse out of there, but I don't want to just pull one verse and not tell you the context in which it was written. So the first several chapters of Romans 8, Paul is telling folks, you are an adopted child. You who have said yes to Jesus are now family. You're children of God. Okay, And then he reminds them, reminds us, that creation and humanity is not what it's supposed to be. It's broken. It's fallen. And because of the fall of Adam and Eve back in the garden in Genesis, we live in a fallen and broken world. Not just us personally, but all of creation, actually. And, and creation and us, humans, we groan, he says, in all kinds of ways for healing. He's saying that all of creation, me and you, are broken to one degree or another. And so then near the end of the chapter, Paul offers some hope, okay? And so that's the context. And so turn with me if you have it. We'll have it on the screen as well to Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 28. And let's see what it is that he says that is good news for us as we consider the trauma, uh, the brokenness that's come from the pandemic that we're all in together. He says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Now, I set up the context because I don't want you to think that this is just, you know, one of those feel-good verses that, you know, people print and, on a poster and put a nice picture behind. I mean, they, they do that, but there's much more than that here, okay? And too often, we try to use God to change our circumstances. 
Well, in fact, he's actually using our circumstances to change us. Isn't that interesting? I think it's worth repeating. Too often, we try to use God to change our circumstances. But I think he's, in fact, using our circumstances to change us. Or put differently, there can be an upside to brokenness. Uh, the Toronto pastor, uh, Bruxy Kavi, puts it this way. He says, um, God may not directly cause all things, but God is always one step ahead of everything that happens. And he's actively engaged in bringing good out of the bad. I like how he puts it. So what do we make of this? How can we take our current situation and make any sense of it with this passage in mind, right? How is it that, how is it that God is going to redeem this broken situation? Well, about 20 years ago, I was part of a workshop, uh, and the speaker was saying some things I thought were really key that has really stuck with me over the 20 years. I'd like to tell you I know who that speaker was. <laughs> I remember what he said, but I actually don't remember who said it. I think it actually was Larry Crabb who did this. Uh, so I apologize or I'd give him credit anyway. But I'm going to paraphrase some things he said because I really think this is key for us. And it's stuck with me over these past 20 years. He says this. He says, when hard things come our way, when things are broken, we have several options. One of them is we can say to God, you know, I hate this. I hate this, God. And we just cast God out. You know, if this is how you are, God, I'll have nothing to do with you. And we leave. At least we leave God. Another option is, why me, Lord? What have I done wrong? What have you got against me? And, and we somehow blame God or blame someone or we try to fix. And we just kind of keep God at a distance. Maybe we don't walk away, but we keep him at a distance because we're not sure we understand. And there are other responses, obviously. But he argues this. What if you did this? What if you said, God, what is it you want me to learn? What do you mean to learn about you, God? What do you mean to learn about others? What do you want me to learn about myself? What is it, God, you want me to learn? What do we learn about you? What do you want me to learn about other people? What do you want me to learn about myself? Now, a different way of thinking about this could be kind of with the physical part of your body. When hard things come our way, we could raise our fist. Or we could put our hands in our pockets and just kind of walk away. Or we could open up our arms and our hands in a posture of just openness, a willingness to learn from God, even though we don't understand, even though we don't like. And I think this is a key idea I want to come back to over and over and over throughout the series. That the upside of brokenness is that God is in the business of redeeming us. And when trauma and hard times and brokenness comes our way, if we believe that God is faithful, if he indeed, like in the words of Paul, is working things out for our good, then we can put ourselves in this place of openness and ask God, what is it you want me to learn about you, about others, and about myself? How can I be open-handed? Or in the words of our series title, God, what's the upside to this brokenness? You know, life sometimes feels like it could just be this, I don't know, 
a series of events controlled by random chance. It, it can seem that way. But for the believer, for those who are following Jesus, there is absolute certainty that God is at work. I'll wait for those to pass so the people outside can hear me. So that God is at work behind the scenes. We can believe that with absolute certainty that he is bringing about something perfect for our good. He has an upside to this brokenness. And I am hanging on to that. I am choosing to believe that. And I'm choosing to be open-handed. And I hope that you'll join me in that. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we trust you. We don't always understand. We don't always even like. But we trust you. And so give us all the ability, give us the faith to have this open-handed posture. We put ourselves in your hands and we trust and believe that you can redeem. You are in the business of redemption. And we trust you. Amen.